Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Wole and Will T. Ray Jeezy's out. We are part of Empire Media, and that's EmpireMedia.com. What's up, Will T? I'm doing fine, sir. And yourself? I'm doing. I'm doing good, my man. How are you doing, sir? We're running a little bit behind. I'm good, man. We're running a little <laughs> bit behind today, so you know we press the time, so you know. I know, we can't do our small talk, you know all what I'm saying? Nice, all the niceties that we were lob towards each other towards the beginning of this show, <laughs> I think we're going to have to cut that out. I know, right? For the sake of us getting into it, man. So, let's get into it. Let's get right into it, you know it. All right, so make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, again, Empire Media Host multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Kime Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Kime, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. All right, this show can be this found. Show... Oh, go well, T, you can go ahead. It's my, my fault, sir. Yeah, man. This show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options and local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content also join our urban sports scene facebook group search urban sports scene sports bloggers sports podcasters and sports debates will t let's get into our tradition the pregame here's what we have on tap we'll recap the washington football team defeating the new york giants 30 to 29 and their upcoming game against the buffalo bills play by play Voice of the Washington football team, Brand Weinstein, will join the show at 8.30. We'll talk boxing with Al Jones from the world-renowned radio show In the Ring with Al Jones. We have a lot to talk about. Manny Pacquiao possibly retiring Saturday's Anthony Joshua Usyk fight and the signed fight between Bud Crawford versus Showtime Sean Porter. Finally, we'll make our week three NFL picks. But first, Will T. Okay. Right. Yep, I got you. Mm-hmm. Right now, we have play-by-play voice of the Washington football team and founder of Empire Media, Bram Weinstein, on the line. What's up, Bram? Welcome to the Urban oh, Sports Team. How are you? What's taking you so long? I know, I know. What's taking you for you to invite me on the show? What's up, man? Come on. I, I feel bad about that, and, and when we did do it, we're on a delay. Like, this sucks. <laughs> well, we're glad to have you, though. Yeah, nice to be here. Appreciate you. All right, Bram. Last Thursday, the Washington football team defeated the New York Giants 30 to 29. From your perspective, you know, we know that you're the voice voice of this team, um, play-by-play voice of this team. From your perspective, what was the biggest differentiator 
from Washington's play in week one and week two? Taylor Heineke. <laughs> um, you know, I think offensively, they, you know, coming into the season, it was really, I don't know, I had a weird vibe about them. You know, I just, I think we were all kind of just ex- expecting the defense to play really well or pick up where they left off. And that clearly has not happened yet. I'm still holding out hope that something's going to click and something's going to change. I think they have too much talent for that not to happen at some point this season and hopefully sooner rather than later based on who they're playing this weekend. Um, but, the real thing that I wasn't really certain about coming into the year was the offense. Like there's a lot of new pieces here. I know it's unfortunate Curtis Samuel hasn't practiced or played yet, but there's a lot of new pieces here. There's a lot more weapons, a lot more flexibility. They're talking about versatility and throughout the preseason of the summer, I, I just didn't have a vibe that they really knew what they were good at yet. And it was going to take a while. And that really showed up in the first game and I, it's a really short sample size, but, you know, the way that Fitzpatrick was operating the first few series was exactly what we saw during the summer where, and I, know it's, and I don't want to judge it because it wasn't a lot of time out on the field together, but it looked like the summer where it's just wonky and it just didn't really have any flow or didn't have any like, sense of what they're good at. Heineke came in and, you know, it was like a fire drill with him because of, you know, what happened with Fitzpatrick. And he got his sea legs under him and they started moving the ball a little bit. And it carried over big time Thursday night. So I don't know what it is about this guy. He's magnetic. He's addictive. And clearly the fan base is behind him. And he shows up when the lights get turned on. And the offense was outstanding. And if they're going to continue to be that way, uh, and hopefully they will, then, you know, whenever the defense gets its act together, I think we're in for a good competitive season. Brian, let me follow up. I have a follow-up question for you. Do you think the lack of – for lack of a better word, the continuity around this offense from last season to this season. Um, with Taylor Heineke's ability to create on the move, to create outside of the pocket, do you think that kind of helps this offense for these first couple of weeks of the season until they start to get that consistent, until they get a, a sense of consistency? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I think right now, like, they've changed a lot. You know, the offensive line is three-fifths different. And, you know, McLaurin's got other weapons out there. And even today, Ron Rivera was talking about how they want to get Cam Sims out on the field because he's just not even on the field. And yet, Curtis Samuel hasn't played yet, and he's going to come back. And in week one, J.D. McKissick had one target. Like, that, that's not who they are. Like, <laughs> their guys are McLaurin, McKissick, Logan Thomas, Antonio Gibson. And these guys weren't getting the ball in week one. Like, I, I really do feel like they're trying to figure out who they are on that side of the ball. And at the same time, you know, there's some confidence with this guy. There's a lot of poise, like unusual amount of poise for someone who's, you know, waited so long to get an opportunity like this. And I agree, like his ability to get outside of the pocket, make plays when he has to is a really good feel for the game. Um, I think it's – hopefully it will continue to help him. I mean, they're a big test this weekend. Good, uh-huh. That team is a step away from the Super Bowl. So this is a really, really, really good test for them this weekend. And test his poise. Um, but I will say this about him, too. Like, my big concern about him in the first start, you know, lights are on and the only game in town. My big concern with him was he's a freelancer. And, you know, you don't want him to, you know, to take control of the game and put everything on his back. And I actually thought that he did not do that, uh-huh. you know, the other night. He played within the system, and I thought that that was a really promising sign that this isn't just some guy who's a gunslinger who's got a really good deal for the game, but clearly – 
has taken to, you know, what they expect out of him to run this offense. So I'm going to talk about the, the whole environment of that Giants game. You know, obviously, you know, Hopkins making the game-winning field goal, but you call in the game and just seeing – I want to call it like New York Giants field. Uh, like how is the environment calling that game in that environment? You know, with half of the, half of the fan base seeming like with Giants fans in the stadium and half Washington football team fans. I, I didn't feel it was that bad. You didn't? I mean, okay. Like go, go turn on. I, I don't know. Go turn on the Eagles game over the weekend. You don't believe how many 49ers fans. <laughs> like, and I was like, I couldn't even believe it. Or like go turn on the Chargers game over the weekend. Yes. That stadium sounded like, like they were in Dallas. Yes, like, so I think this is happening all over the place. Uh-huh. Like, I don't think it's unusual here. Um, and I actually didn't think it was as bad as it had been a couple of years ago uh-huh. when it got really ugly when the Patriots game came around. Uh-huh. So I, don't, I think, I think everybody should get accustomed to visiting fans road trip. Now gotcha. that it's become experience oriented. Um, I'll tell you this. And I mean, I, I don't know what it's going to be like up in Buffalo, but I can tell you this, like they got marquee visits this year. Washington does in green Bay and Vegas. Uh-huh. And I guarantee you there's going to be a ton of burgundy in those stands because like, yeah. I think that's what the NFL has become that people will travel to go see their, their teams. Yeah. Cause I plan to be in Vegas for that game too. I, I do. <laughs> All right. So the offensive coordinator, uh, Scott Turner had, had, had a lot of heat, uh, for his game calling his game calling in, the Chargers game. How do you feel like he did in this game against the Giants? I mean, obviously they were far more effective. Uh-huh. And, you know, like what I said earlier with Heineke, you know, I was convinced that he was just going to be like, if he didn't get his first read or second read, he's just going to take off and, you know, he's just going to freelance it. And he did not do that. So I got to give Turner a lot of credit for coaching Heineke up uh-huh. and having him ready. I thought Antonio Gibson had a nice game. I think they found McKissick again. Yeah. I think he might be he might be underrated their most effective offensive weapon, and um, outside of McLaurin. And so I'm glad they found him again early and often. Um, this is the most targeted running back in the NFL last year. Yeah. They're by far their best playmaker when they needed him. So I was glad they went back there, and they went early and often to McLaurin too. They forgot about him in week one. You know, there seemed to be a conscious effort. I, Rivera said this today after practice. He said, you know, first couple games for us is a learning experience of how to run our guys in and out of there. Like, this is a different year. Like, last year it was McLaurin and who, and it ended up being McLaurin, Thomas, McKissick, Gibson. Like, now they they added to that. They brought in Diami Brown. Samuel's going to be there. This guy Patterson can play. You know, they've got a second tight end. Other receivers they want to try to work in. I think they're trying to figure this thing out. And so I, I'll give those guys credit to uh-huh. Turner and Heineke. A lot of credit there. I just, in a four-day turnaround with an offense that didn't really seem to know what it was doing, boy, did they turn it around pretty quickly. No, I, I totally agree. And, and I'm glad you mentioned McKissick. Uh, you know, he's comparable to how Chris Thompson was here. Uh, maybe even more explosive, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, but definitely he's a guy that, a weapon that they should have utilized in week one because he was so important to the team last season. Um, so, He's, I, I, mm-hmm. I mean, the fact that they forgot about him in week one, I, I mean, I think, you know, at some point, your guys are your guys. Yes. They have to make the plays for you. And McLaurin needs to be fed the ball a lot. Thomas needs to be fed the ball specifically in the red zone. And McKissick might be their most versatile player. Mm-hmm. And he has turned out to be a hit. Him and Thomas were bargains last offseason. And so I was happy to see McKissick in, as a heavy role in this offense because the guy just makes plays for them. 
And so I, I, you cannot forget about him. He's important. Definitely, definitely. So you, you mentioned the defense a little bit I mean, earlier. The defense, again, made Daniel Jones look like Peyton Manning mixed with Michael Vick. Um, <laughs> from your view, what's wrong with this defense? I don't know. I, I, wish, I wish I could answer that because I'm really – I'm very surprised by this, like very surprised. I, I don't know what's up. Like they're – you know, if you ask the coaches, they'll tell you that they're missing a lot of assignments. They're getting out of run lanes. Uh, that led to the big Barkley run. It led to a couple – you know, bad edge management. Uh-huh. And that led to Jones – I mean, fool me – you know, once, fine. Fool me five times with the same, yes. you know, keeper play with Daniel Jones. It's ridiculous. Uh-huh. I mean, I, listen, he's actually fast, fast. Yeah, he's you know, fast. You know, no, he, he is fast. Cover, but he's fast. Yeah. But, like, he shouldn't be rushing for 100 yards. Exactly. Like, that's, that's absurd. <laughs> <laughs> that's Lamar Jackson and Kyler Murray. That's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. Like, he would rush for that much. So that's on you if mm-hmm. that happens. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I, I got to tell you, like, I think I don't think it's any one or two people. I think the whole unit needs a reboot here. Like, Cam Curl's not making any plays. Something feels really wrong about that. Like, why isn't he around the ball? I don't mm-hmm. totally understand it. They're, I mean, we might be asking too much out of their front four to get a, you know, a solid rush, but they're not getting there alone. They need to bring pressure. Or in the last game, they put in five D linemen in for mm-hmm. a number of plays. So they're trying to find ways to get their pass rush going. I still, I don't know. This feels very NBA to me, like where, you know, the Nets go through some, like, three-game losing streak in January and, like, everybody gets all worried about it. But you know when May rolls around, they'll be fine, you know, when they play the Pacers in the playoffs. I wouldn't be overly concerned about it. Like, I'm waiting for that defensive line's too talented. So, eventually, I think it's going to click and it's going to be fine. But to answer your question, I don't really know. And I haven't heard a reasonable explanation yet as to what's wrong here. It just seemed like in the game, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not one of those individuals who will get at, like, Jack Del Rio for, you know, as, as say, I want Jack Del Rio out of here. Because I felt like last season, compared to what this team has had in the past in terms of defensive coordinator, no one should be complaining to that degree. Um but I will say that in, the, in that Giants game, it's like you're playing passive against Daniel Jones. And I watched the Broncos game prior, and you saw the Broncos bring, you know, bring pressure with, to, with multiple, on multiple levels to Daniel Jones and not just rushing forward. And they have a very, a very capable front four, right, with Chubb and um, Von Miller. But they were bringing extra guys, and that kid and Daniel Jones was just flustered. I was just curious to why it took them so long to kind of bring the extra man because it seemed like when they decided to do it, when they knew they needed stops, they decided to bring, they brought Holcomb up the middle. They brought Fuller on the corner blitz or nickel blitz. It just seemed like, all right, that worked. You know, the funny part about it was the first game, like I thought that they didn't blitz very much. Mm-hmm. And then I rewatched it. They and did. then I looked at the pro football focus stats and oddly they brought more pressure mm. than almost every other team in the NFL, they just didn't get there. Wow. Um, so I was surprised by that too. Like it, my gut was like, they're relying on this front four. The front four is not getting there uh-huh. for whatever reason. They're not getting there. And then I bring in heat. It's not true. So this speaks to one are the front four living up to their billing, which uh-huh. I think arguably you could suggest no at uh-huh. this point, because you're asking a lot of them to do this. But secondarily, what are they doing that is not creative enough to get pressure? Because if there are bring if with that front four and they're bringing more pressure than 29 other teams in the NFL, and Justin Herbert goes 14 of 19 on third down, that's on you. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're not getting there. So, um, you know, to your point about Jack Del Rio, like, I, I want to say this, number one. They were the number two defense of the league last year. Yeah. They were the number one second-half defense in scoring and total defense by far. I mean, like, literally not close. They had their best second-half defense since the 91 Super Bowl season. So, after two games, if anyone's sitting there wondering if he should be the defensive coordinator, you have a really short memory. Exactly. Really, 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 really short memory. Right. So, I want to give him all the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. But that said... I agree with you. They're going to have to get more creative with their pressures because mm-hmm. something ain't right right now. Yeah. No, I agree. I feel like people remember Joe Barry. You know, just yeah. just just relax. Just relax a little bit. Just right. a little bit. All right. So kicker Dustin <laughs> Dustin Hopkins made the game winning kick, four three yard kick to win the game. Um, should now should he be uh, vindicated? You know, a lot of people wanted him out of here, but at the end of the day, he did win the game. He did make the game winning kick. Regardless, it was part two of I mean, it, I'd but like, it was. I'd like to thank Dexter Lawrence for a second. <laughs> for sure. um, <laughs> uh, you know, listen, I mean, look, he made it, so I'm happy. You know, and they've never even literally brought in competition here. So Ron Rivera remains, Rivera remains fully confident in him. And until proven otherwise, and, you know, listen, we all saw what happened in the preseason. That was that wasn't good. I mean, they were shanking kicks, and the snaps were high, and the whole operation was messed up, and – they seem to have gotten that part of it fixed, and, and he's just – it's the bottom line business for him. So uh-huh. he's going to have to continue to come through. And I don't know. I mean, how will we be – he misses that kick they're 0-2, 0-2 at home. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I, I, it's a hole I'm not sure they're climbing out of. Yes. So, I mean, that was an enormous, enormous – he made it by a whisker. But, like, he made it, <laughs> and that's, that's the important part. Brand beggars can't be choosers, okay? Like – we got to take, take that. We got to take it. Listen, take I, it. I, I, listen we, like primetime game, we win at the buzzer. Like that hasn't happened a lot in recent years. So I'll take it. Exactly. I'll I, take I, it. I heard, I think I saw a stat that uh, Ron Rivera is 4-0 and in primetime games. I mean, 4-0? and And this team has had four a bad. With, with the Washington football team? Yes, with the Washington football team. 4-0 and in primetime so games. Think about this, they, they beat the Eagles. Yes. Uh. I guess it doesn't count the playoff. It doesn't count. They're not counting. They're not counting the playoff game. All right. So they beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. They beat the Cowboys. Yes. Right? They beat the Cowboys on Thanksgiving. Yes. And they beat. I guess are they counting Pittsburgh? I guess they're counting Pittsburgh as a. That was a third. Was that a, that was a Sunday night? Game, that was a Sunday night game. Yeah, that was a Sunday night game, right? Well, no, that was delayed, and they played on a Monday. Remember that? Yeah, that was on Monday. It. Yeah, so yeah, it was a prime time. The game. Ravens got COVID. It delayed their game with the Steelers. Yes, which delayed our game with the Steelers. That and is they played true. it like Monday at five. Yeah, Monday, that's like true. Some crazy time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. See, yeah. undefeated, and you know this team in prime time, it just doesn't work out. <laughs> I'll take it. Listen, listen, I, I got to tell you, like, largely it's funny. Like, you know, that kick went through. They got the benefit of a call. They're winning in prime time. That feels unusual. You know, Heineke's out of nowhere, and he's not a disaster. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of arrow pointing up here, <laughs> you know, going on. You know, so, I, you know, I, I like – largely I like what's happening, and I really firmly believe the defense is going to figure it out because they're just too talented not to. So I think they will. Yeah, All right, everyone, let's take a pause for the cause. <laughs> You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com. We're talking with play-by-play voice of the Washington football team, Bram Weinstein. Okay, Bram, I have a question for you. Let's, let's fast forward to Sunday. Washington travels to Buffalo for their first road test. What do you think – do you think Washington has a legitimate shot to beat Buffalo in Buffalo? And also, a second question for you. 
Um, with this being Taylor Heineke's first road test, do you think they changed anything with regards to um, cadences and snap counts because Buff- because we all know how loud that Buffalo Stadium is? So it's going to be interesting on the last part of it. I mean, you know, can he back up what he did against the Giants? I got to tell you, I mean, I think the Giants' defense is typically pretty creative. Yeah. Also, was very good. They were a top ten defense last year too. Uh-huh. They supposedly improved just like Washington did. So maybe they're off to a slow start. But I thought that was pretty good performance by him. Uh-huh. And you know, while I, you know, I really like Buffalo's defense a lot. You know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure um, that it's any better than the Giants are. So you know, I think he handled himself really well. I agree with you. The stadium situation is going to be difficult up there. Um, do they have a legitimate shot? Yeah, they do. And I'll, I'll really, I'll tell you why. Mm-hmm. Go look at Josh Allen's numbers here. I saw. Like something ain't right about him starting this year. Like he's completing fifty some percent of his passes right now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to look at that score in Miami and think that like, oh, they're fine. They blew them out, and they did. But Miami's offense went sideways after Tua got hurt, mm-hmm. and that one just oh, got was a classic. Got out of hand. They scored a couple touchdowns late. It actually wasn't that much. It, they weren't blowing them out. Uh-huh. And, like, the first game at home, they lost to Pittsburgh. You saw what Pittsburgh did a week later at home. Yeah. So, uh-huh. some, like, as much as our defense is not acting and functioning the way I think we expect it to, I don't think Buffalo's offense is acting or functioning the way we think it's going to at some point. Uh-huh. So, you know, do I think they're going to win? I have a hard time buying it. Right? I felt like you were trying to sell me at first. I felt like you were trying to sell me at first. But if you're asking, do they have a reasonable shot at them? Yeah, of course they do. And I'll t- it's because Allen is not completing 65, 70% of his passes. And if he's going to try to win it with his legs, I'll take our chances with our defensive players to keep this thing close. And who knows? Maybe Heineken steals another one. Mm. So, okay, then, then what's the formula for Washington football team victory? I mean, until Allen proves otherwise, you got to mm-hmm. make him throw. And get, he can't run. Okay. You know, like, there was a lot of mistakes on the edge with Daniel Jones. Allen is just as capable yeah. to do with his legs. Definitely. If he is not as confident with his arm right now, or he's not as accurate, or they're just kind of off with their offense right now, let's find out early if they're still having problems. Mm. Don't let him beat you with his legs. Don't give up any easy first downs. He's a really athletic dude. Don't let that happen. Make him beat you with his arm until he proves otherwise. If he looks like Josh Allen from last year, prayers up, right? <laughs> and if he, if he doesn't, then you know what? Let's play a little contain. Let's trust our corners here. Let's bracket digs for sure. Yeah. And let's see if this guy can rekindle what he had last year because so far it hasn't been there yet. So I want to see if he can do it. Hmm. We'll see. Okay, I... bro. okay <laughs> Brian, prediction. Give us a prediction on the score for Sunday. Uh, you want the biased prediction? Bram, I want the uh, we want the Bram want, prediction. You know, like I, I'm, in the, I'm in the role where I can't. You know, let you know. You know okay, well, let me let me ask, let me, let me ask you another. All right, let call me, me back when they play the Chiefs. I'll pick the Chiefs. Let me let me ask you another question then. Yeah. As the play-by-play voice for this game on Sunday, what's your preparation? Take the viewers, take the listeners kind of behind the curtain. What's your preparation for the game? How do you get ready? Right. Like, are there, you know, are there production meetings? Is there stats you review? Anything like that? Take so, uh, it's, I mean, I'll try to keep this short because mm-hmm. it's actually a long answer. And I don't <laughs> typically get asked. But I'll happily tell, I'm glad to tell you. I'm just, fuck, I already give long answers. You just ask for a really long one. All right. Uh, it, it actually starts tonight. 
Um, okay. I rewatched the wa- I mean, I already did. They played Thursday, but I rewatched the Washington game on Tuesday. Uh. It will start Monday if we're playing a team on Sunday that plays Monday night. But because that didn't happen last night, I just watched for fun. So I'll watch the Washington Giants game a couple of times tonight to try to make sure I know what I saw and have the right questions for the coaches later this week. By tomorrow, I'll start building my boards, which is, you know, getting all the stats and information that I want that I think will be relevant for the game set up for each of the teams. That'll take that evening. On Thursday, I watch every Bills game I can get my hand on because we're so early in the season. It'll be two. I won't bother with the preseason. Considering how good they were a year ago, I may watch a game or two from last year late in the season just in case they're going to kind of revisit their golden era. Uh, because I think what you're going to see on offense with them is not going to wow you at this mm-hmm. juncture a couple weeks into the season, but I'll watch them. And I watch the All-22 version of it because it's way easier to see for my purposes of who's really doing what right. When you watch a TV broadcast, it's hard to know. Mm-hmm. Uh, by Friday, I'm then at that point, I'm making sure I understand what injuries could be in play. I'm just reading news articles about both teams, mainly from Buffalo. I mean, I know what's going on here, but mainly from Buffalo. So I'm up to date on what the news cycle is up there and uh-huh. what's been important to them and what are they talking about and all that stuff. And then Saturday we'll fly up there. Saturday night I rewatch Buffalo games more than anything to memorize the players. Um, and then Sunday morning I'm just staring at the field to make sure I see what I see in pregame and get every little nugget I can get. So it's, <laughs> it's a process. I mean, it's a really fun process, but it is, it's a process. See, knowing all of that, we are truly appreciative for you to take the time yeah. out and, and talk to us for these past couple of minutes. Definitely. Definitely. My pleasure. It. And next time you sit there and tell me all the Giants fans are at FedEx Field, I'm going to hang up on you. I'm, <laughs> hey, I'm just saying, when I was, there, I was at the game, I was surprised to see so many blue jerseys. <laughs> nah, I mean, like, listen, you know what? Here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Last game of the season, go up to New York, wait till you see how many Burgundy jerseys. I'm hoping, I'm hoping you'll for, be, as, look, as an individual who's, who's, who, who was born in this area, who loves this team, grew up watching this team, I, I mean, love the posse and whatnot, you know, I'm not going to go all, all in all in into it and just the RFK experience and just to see that yeah. that can happen here. I know you're right. We're in different, we're in a different time where fans travel, but it still freaks me out. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, what this franchise I was. You. I mean, but we're not in RFK days. Anymore. I know. And just go, <laughs> go turn on like that beautiful, incredible stadium they have in Los Angeles. And it sounded like they were in Dallas. True. Or I could not believe how many 49ers fans were at Philadelphia of mm-hmm. all places. I couldn't believe it. Yeah. So it's everywhere. And I think it's, it's a generational thing. I think people mm-hmm. like to travel and have the experiences of seeing their team on the road and visiting a new city. I think mm-hmm. it's actually pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. And also, this area is more transient anyway, so um, people tend you tend you tend to have fans from every different area that lives in this 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 in the DMV. So um, that plays a part as well. But um, Brian, before we let uh, you, you want, huh? One more shot. I didn't give you a score. Twenty four, twenty three, Washington. They pull off a stunner. So you did okay. So you did decide to make a prediction. Okay. So this is is this the Bram special or is this the bias Bram special? I gotta know which is what. <laughs> twenty four twenty three. They Heineke leads them on a game winning touchdown drive fourth quarter again. Heineke, okay. I mean, he does have the heart. That's what I like about the kid. He does have the heart. <laughs> and I'll make another prediction. What will? Once he makes that that game winning the game winning uh, drive, he'll get his endorsement deal with Heineken beer. With Heineken beer. <laughs> 
I think they're a little behind. I don't yep. know what they're waiting for. Don't you mean Eastern? You just said Eastern. Mo- you just said Eastern Mo- Motors, though. <laughs> and so, Bram, before we let you go, how can uh, folks catch you on social media? At Real Bram W, uh, B R A M. And then, uh, I don't know, I'm everywhere. You can find me. So just Google me, you'll find me. <laughs> And Bram, thank like Will T said, we appreciate you for uh, being on. You know, knowing in your busy schedule, we do appreciate it. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> that was dope, Will. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. Appreciate, you know that was. Look, I, I'm always interested in, like I said, the, the kind of geeky details. Like, what is the preparation like for someone who's the play-by-play voice? of a football team, you know, knowing that, knowing all the the uh, level of effort and the amount of time that he puts into, I'm yeah. truly grateful for him, you know, taking the, the 20 minutes or so to talk with us. Yeah, and that's real talk, man. You know what I'm saying? That's real talk. All right, man. Actually, I'm going to have to call our guest, but uh, <laughs> our next guest, because he was supposed to be here for at, uh, at 8.30. I actually told, I texted him to let him know that, all right, we're running late. Uh, but uh, we're going to make it work, right, Will T? Yeah, we're gonna make it work. Only thing we're gonna do is we just gonna cut out the last section. We're not gonna make picks this week. Okay, that, that, that's fair. You know, that's cool. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. All right. That's so, it. all right, Al Jones from In the Ring with Al Jones will join us to talk about Crawford versus Porter, Pacquiao hanging it up, possibly hanging it up, and Joshua versus Usyk after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene. The ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. On Empire Media. On Empire Media. EmpireMedia.com. My man. (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
Are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T and myself, Wole. Ray Jeezy's out part, and we're a part of Amppire Media. That is amppiremedia.com. All right, right now we have Al Jones from the well-renowned radio show in the ring with Al Jones. What's up, Al, and welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, hey, hey! What's up, fellas? What's going on, baby? Thanks for having me on today. Oh man, thank you. Man. I love the energy, man. I love it. <laughs> Absolutely, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you giving us the time to talk with you, talk to talk to you about uh, the sweet science. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This is first and foremost, man, one of my first loves. So, you know, when you, I was, I was very obliged when you guys hit me up. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, having me on. So I was like, hey, let's make it happen. I love it, man. I love it. So before we get into it, can you tell our listeners about um in the ring with Al Jones? Yeah, we, I've been around for the past three years. Mm-hmm. You know, for three years I launched this off. It was a, it, it started off actually with me and the champ, Antonio Tarver, mm-hmm. you know, five-time world champion in the boxing world. We started this thing, launched this thing off, you know, and, and then uh, as time progressed, you know, things, people changed, situations changed. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, I went solo for a minute and now – I got my co-host with me, Marshall Brown from Boxing Sweet Science 2.0. Mm. So we've been running this thing and doing it real big lately. Oh, I have. I seen. I seen you on IG. I caught your show. I'm really impressed with your work. I've been meaning to try to reach out to you, reach out to you, and get you on the show because I just love your insight. And you're everywhere, man. You travel. You do this for real. You don't even play. You oh, do yeah, this for yeah, real. Yeah, yeah. I'm ten toes down yeah. with this, man. I'm very passionate about the sport. I love boxing. I grew up in the boxing world with my with my family as trainers and 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 boxers. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Did a little amateurs myself with Golden Glove. Wow. So hey, this, this this is for real. I, I I eat, drink, and sleep this all day long. All right. Well, let's get into it then. Um, last week it was announced that on November 20th, the WBL welterweight champion Terrence Bud Crawford will fight Sean Showtime Porter. What are your thoughts on the Crawford finally getting a PBC, getting a 
getting a match with a PBC boxer? You know, first off, as far as that is concerned, I'm glad to see how two promoters or, or managers, per se, uh, companies with PBC, with Al Heyman as the managing, you know, running the managing concept, and Bob Aaron, Aaron can sit down and, and come together as they did with Tyson Fury and, and Deontay Wilder. So this is a huge fight. The fans want to see it. I'm glad it was mandated, in, you know, entirely to make it happen. You know, so I, I, I am very excited. I booked my flight in my hotel. <laughs> I will be in Vegas. <laughs> you dig? I will be in Vegas for that. It. I'm very excited about that. I'm looking forward to it. Now, far as my view on it, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, I definitely, I mean, I, I'm from Cleveland. So, I, first and foremost, I got to go with the homie. I got to go with Sean Porter. Ooh, okay. I love it. Okay. You know, I, I, yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm definitely rocking with Sean Porter. I mean, Sean has been, I don't know what it is. I, I, I understand his pressure. You know, Sean likes to, like to put pressure on mm-hmm. his opponents. And a lot of people disregard his ability, the, the pressure and say, you know, he's he's more so a, a barroom fighter. He's mm-hmm. not really a boxer. But Sean proved that uh, against Errol Spence. You know, Sean proved that he could fight. And and honestly, I was at that fight at the Staples Center, too, in Los <laughs> Angeles for Errol Spence and Sean Porter. I was there. And up until Spence caught Sean, you know, winding up for that hook, mm-hmm. up until then, I had that fight as a draw. Mm, yeah, a lot of people did. I too. had that as a draw up until that particular moment. And then when, when Spence, you know, caught him and Sean's glove, his glove hit the ring. So, you know, that, that made it a 10-8 round. So that was the deciding moment, the deciding moment of that entire fight, as far as my eyes are concerned. So going into this fight, expect the pressure from Sean. Sean, if you think about it and you really look at it, Sean's resume is impeccable. It is. I just I saw it. I saw it recently. It's crazy. It is right. crazy. <laughs> in comparison, in comparison to Bud, yeah, to Bud's it resume, is. it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy, it fellas. Is. In comparison to Bud's resume, it is nothing. I mean, you can't touch hands down. If you were hiring for a position yes. and you look at both of them resume, both resumes, mm-hmm. you'd be like, Sean is my man. Yeah, I'm you on your line. Hey, bud, you look good on paper. You know, you look good on paper, but have you have you been battle tested? Have you been in the trenches? And based upon that, I'm not impressed. I am not impressed. So, I will, speaking of Sean Porter and, and Bud Crawford. You, you said something interesting, um, you know, with with regards to their resumes. Um, now, let's kind of discuss their fighting styles. We, everyone knows that Sean Porter fights a very come forward, you know, a, a style which can be tough to judge for the judges, right? Um, right. Sean Porter, he likes to fight on the inside. Um, he's constantly coming at you, right? And Bud right. Crawford, we know he's, you know, people think of him, their perception of him is he's the boxer's boxer, right? Correct. Um, Correct. From a stylistic perspective. Absolutely. If if Sean Porter comes in, makes this a very tough fight, and it's a very um, and it's a hard fight, and it's, and it's a split decision, do you ultimately think that 
it won't be a loss in the loss column for um, for Bud Crawford. But do you think that that there'll be kind of a shift in the perspective perception of Bud Crawford that this is a tougher than normal fight for him? Check this out. I'm a, and, and I don't honestly. I'm gonna answer your question, but prior to that, it's not it's not going a distance. Mm. Uh, you you heard it here from me first. I really do not believe that this particular matchup is going to distance. Mm. Someone is going to get stopped. Wow. I don't know who. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? I don't know who. You know, but somebody. And then I'm thinking, as 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 like I said, mm-hmm. I'm thinking that Bud is going to get stopped. That's what I'm going with. Okay. But you know as well as I know, styles make fights. Yep. Sean is going to apply the pressure. He is going to make it an inside. Sean's style is to make it an inside fight where Bud is going to have to create distance. Okay? I don't know because of the way that Sean fights if Bud will have the opportunity to create that distance between them. Mm. Bud is a technician. Don't get me wrong. He is the most skillful in the skill set that he has. I mean, when you got somebody that you can fight, that you fight, that can fight uh, orthodox and then turn around and fight southpaw like Bud can, but I don't know if he's going to have that ability to do that based upon the pressure that Sean is going to put on him. Okay? Mm. So this is going to be very interesting. It's, it's two different, totally different strategies. And I think, honestly, that Bud is going to be forced, just like Spence did, Spence was forced to fight inside with Sean. Spence fought Sean's fight. You know what I'm saying? And didn't have that ability. Sean and Spence know he can't fight going backwards. Sean and Bud is going to have to have somewhat of the same philosophy. And he's going to be forced to come inside with Sean. Okay. Well, I have one. Right. Okay. I got one final question with for you regarding this, and this is you know tied to this fight, but boxing at, in in large, right? Next week, next weekend we'll see a major pay per view fight with uh well no not next weekend the weekend after next, I believe we'll see a major pay per view fight with the um the trilogy fight between Fury and Wilder. Then after that, you know I think uh. Are you talking about later? You got ten, you got you got a team of female fighting too, after, like around that no, same this, time. I'm, talk, I'm just talking, just I'm just talking about I'm talking about pay per view fights. Isn't team female pay? No, it's not. Is it pay per view? Team female? No. Oh, okay. It was supposed to fight. They were supposed to fight October fourth. Okay. To my yeah. understanding, that has been pushed back. You know, maybe about a two, a two three weeks from okay. now. Okay. Okay. You know, and they're actually changing. It was going from Madison Square Garden, and now I believe they're going to fight at the Barclays Center. Mm. Yep. So, so uh, yeah, according because that was supposed to happen next Monday night, October fourth, yep. mm. and and it's hard. In my opinion, I'm glad they pushed that fight back because it's hard to fight to come up against a Monday night football. Yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. So why try to compete with Monday night football? So mm-hmm. I, I'm glad of the outcome of that. I'm glad it, and and I'm glad it's not far fetched. It's only a couple weeks out. You know, pushing it back out and at the Barclays Center. Yeah. Go ahead. So, with your question. Yeah. So we so we'll have uh, Fury Wilder three, and then I believe November 
6 we'll have uh Caleb will have Canelo versus Caleb Plant and then November 20th we'll have this fight this and it'll be kind of the end of three large pay-per-view fights um that boxing definitely needs now yeah. taking into consideration just how lackluster the first half of the calendar has been for boxing do you think that there's any chance that customers will pay for all three of these pay-per-view fights absolutely because they huge Mm-hmm. Uh, taking taking consideration the point that also dealing in the in a pandemic environment that we that we had to get over in the first half of this year. Mm. Okay, so PBC really kicked off and launched pretty much in the summer. You know, they they pretty much made their major announcements of the fights coming up in in this summer more so than the first half of the year. It's been more so the latter half of the year. I mean, unfortunately, because of, of COVID, uh, you know, Tyson Fury had to back his up. Uh, Tiafomo, Tiafimo Lopez had to back his fight up, you know. So the second half is strong. People are hungry. I mean, and, and, and I, was in, I, was at a, I was in Vegas for Manny Pacquiao versus Ugas. It hurt, mean, it, was that hurt <laughs> yeah, it, it hurt my feelings. That's why I hurt my Yeah, it hurt my feelings also. <laughs> and, and honestly, in, in my opinion, fellas, if I was Manny, I wouldn't have took that fight. I mean, you have prepared your entire camp. Mm. You have prepared your entire camp for a totally different opponent. Now we're talking 10 days out, and you want to switch opponents up on me? Yeah. Honestly, I would have waited. I wouldn't have took that fight with Ugas. Yeah, man. But Manny, you know, Manny being the warrior that he is, mm-hmm. he felt that he can go ahead. But if I was in Manny's corner, if I was a part of his management team, I would have said just hold off and wait. And if not, then I don't have to fight. That's that's myself personally. Mm. So speak, wait, but wait, to wait, answer your yeah, question, mm-hmm. those three fights, they're going to do numbers. Mm. You know, they're going to do numbers. Tia Fimo's, you know, maybe not as much. But you you can definitely look forward to to Caleb Plant's fight doing numbers. Him and Canelo, you can definitely look forward to that doing numbers. You're gonna look forward to you know Deontay Wilder, Tyson Fury doing numbers, and and Bud and Bud and uh and, and Sean Porter, they 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 definitely putting up numbers. Mm. So uh, speaking, and, we, and don't be surprised, we may have another. Look out for some big announcements in December. In this, uh, I mean, we got tank fighting, tank coming out in December. Mm. You know, so so and tank is going to be on pay per pay per view. So I look forward to 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 this second half of 2020. So so speaking to Manny Pacquiao, you know, you know, there was he came out with a tweet or some some social media thing about it sounded like he was retiring, uh, but I think his advisor said he's not officially retired. Um, if he is retired, what do you what, what do you have? What is Pacquiao's legacy? I mean, we we talking one of the greatest of all time, mm-hmm. man. He he is definitely. I I hope he does. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope he does go ahead. You know, and, and ride out on top. I mean, he's still on top right now. I would hate to see you know uh, and, and let him go ahead and pursue his presidency mm-hmm. in in the Philippines. I hope he does. He's given the sport so much. He is one of the most dedicated, one of the, the the best warriors that we have seen with our eyes. And I, I'm happy for him. 
He doesn't have anything. Pacquiao doesn't have anything to prove, man. He's proved it. He's been in there. He's, he's His resume is impeccable. He's had over, over 60 fights in his career. You know, win, lose, or draw. I mean, he's fought everyone. He hasn't ducked anyone. Just go ahead and ride out in the sunset on, on top, man. That's how I feel about that. All right, Lynn, let's talk about the immediate future. On Saturday, WBA, IBF, WBO, and IBO heavyweight champion Anthony Joshua takes on Alexander Yusuf. Will this be a will this be you Joshua's toughest fight of his career thus far? Well, I don't see it as his toughest fight. Uh-huh. I mean, his toughest fight was when he got in there with Andy Ruiz. Uh-huh. That that uh-huh. was his toughest fight thus far. Uh-huh. But Usyk is going to be tough, as we know. Styles make fights, yeah. you know. But Anthony Joshua is one of the uh, uh, pre- he's much bigger. He he has more power than Usyk. You know, the only thing that I need Joshua to do is to remain focused in the fight. Mm. You know, that's what Joshua has to do is to remain focused. He has the ability to win this fight. Usyk has the boxing ability. Uh-huh. You know, he's a better boxer. He's better, he has better movement in the fight. But he, the main thing with Joshua is not to overlook, don't take his opponent lightly, maintaining there and polish him as if it was a championship fight. Uh-huh. That's the only thing about Joshua. He'll get a little lax of days ago, you know, and, and may fight according to his competition. But if Joshua remains focused, he should, he should go ahead and run through Usyk. Ooh. He should go ahead and run through. You so well. Let me go. Go, Will. Will, it's on you. Well, let me ask you this: One of the problems, from my perspective, that Joshua had when he lost against Andy Ruiz is um, Ruiz is a guy. Even though he was chubbier, he had pretty good <laughs> bend. He, you know, with, with regard, he had right. uh, with, with regard good bend at the weight, the ability to bend at the waist and the roll of shoulders. Usyk is a guy who presents some of those same issues. Do you think that will give Joshua a problem on Saturday? He has. Usyk is the type of guy that, yes, he, he can come out there and, and perform like Andrew Ruiz did. He can do that with his movement and his boxing ability. He can do that. But as we saw a more focused mm. Anthony Joshua in the second, in the rematch, we saw a more focused Anthony Joshua, and he went in there and took care of Andy Ruiz. So with that being said, as long as Anthony, because once again, we're talking somebody that's 6'6", 240, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And light on his feet. He has, the, he has the size. He has the power. He can go ahead, as long as he remains focused, he can, he can make that shit. He can make it an easy night. Excuse me. You're fine. So, yeah. So who wins the fight? I mean, you, you, obviously your prediction, I'm guessing, is you have, you have Joshua win the fight. Correct. Yeah, I can say. So do do you have it going the distance? As a focus and uh, a focus, Joshua, no. He'll go ahead and, and unless uh, Usyk go ahead and, and run mm-hmm. for the entire night, I, I see Joshua finishing him off. See, I think see it's, it's wild because I think if it goes the distance, I think Usyk gets. I think Usyk may win. I think he has a good chance to win if it goes the distance. Just because he's the boxer. I think he's just a better boxer. Um, right. But to your point, though, I do think if it's a stoppage, it's definitely Anthony Joshua. But I'm with right. you, though. I do totally agree with you. I'm with you that 
you know, it's about taking your opponent serious. But I don't feel like he should. I feel like Usyk is the individual is the type of uh, opponent that you have to take serious. I don't think this is different. I mean, again, the Ruiz thing, he should have took his opponent seriously. But I, I, I can see how he kind of like was thinking I'm the biggest, baddest dude on the planet at that particular point in time. But since he's already been humbled, and the, don't people forget, like at that point in time, Usyk was moving up the li- list for pound for pound best boxer in the game um, when he was a cruiserweight. So, um, so I, I just think that this the, this this type of fighter poses some threat to him to a point that he has to take him serious. Absolutely. It should be a lesson learned. Yeah, exactly. It should definitely be lesson learned. Correct. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you being on, man. How can folks catch you on social media and catch your show? Yes, on all social media platforms. It's In the Ring with Al Jones on all social media platforms. Uh, also, uh, AJ In the Ring on IG. Mm-hmm. You can reach me there. And, and also, uh, like I said, on Twitter, everything is in the ring with Al Jones. Mm-hmm. And you can catch me every Tuesday okay. from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time mm-hmm. on on uh, NewstalkCleveland.com and also 1490WERE out of Cleveland. Mm-hmm. You know, so from like I, I have a lot of lot of fans in the U.K. and and, oh. and over in Africa and everything. So they catch me on NewstalkCleveland.com every Tuesday from 5 to 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. See, Will, he got people from Africa. You know what I'm saying? I'm Nigerian. He got people from Africa. You know what I'm talking about, Will? Oh, absolutely. You know, Will, you know what I'm talking about? Because Will got African, he got African structures. He don't even know that yet. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I just did my Ancestry.com. I'm, I got like like 35%. I'm like 35% uh, Nigerian. That's what I'm talking about. Green and white, baby. We in here. Always. <laughs> That's what I'm talking you know what I'm about. Saying? We in it. Will, you got to take your test, bro. You can be in Nigeria. You don't even know it yet, bro. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know it. But, hey, we got to get you on again, Al. Definitely, man. We got to get you on Anytime, again. Anytime, man. man. It's got such to. a pleasure, man. I wish you all success. Like I said, we in this together, man. If you, anything that I could do. I mean, feel free to reach out, and if there's anything you can do for me, definitely feel free to reach out. Oh, definitely. Vice versa. You know I will, man. I appreciate you so much. Appreciate you, bro. This has been so dope. Real talk. Real dope. No doubt. One love. All right, man. Take it easy. Stay blessed. You too. All right. Man, that was dope, man. Appreciate it, man. That was an awesome, awesome segment. Talked all boxing. It was was great. Yep, yep. I definitely appreciate appreciate the brother's knowledge. I appreciate it. His energy, uh-huh. um, especially you know, with us coming off of some of the um, technical difficulties. He I had. know, yeah. So, it, so, so it was good, man. It was good. It was good, man. It was good. Uh-huh. Um, just the FYI for you know all you other po- for people on another podcast who were looking for <laughs> my pick and you turned into it. You turned into the show hoping to hear my picks. Fooled you. Got you. No picks tonight. Um, We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens Monday when the results come out. <laughs> hey, all I gotta say, man. I real talk. Hey, look, look. We're not doing picks because we ran a little too late due to technical difficulties. But if you want to listen to a, you know, see our standings, 
you know, in terms of our football garbage time urban sports scene pick'em challenge, you can check them out at www.footballgarbagetime.com. Who Will is referring to about you know trying to get, t- take a sneak peek at his at his pick? Listen, I'm not. You know what I'm saying? I'm just putting it out there. I'm just. I didn't. I say you did. I'm just job putting it out there. I'm just putting it out there without really saying that you okay. did. You know what I'm saying? All right, and you can also check out the Football Garbage Time podcast and all things in NFL football there. Anyway, we appreciate y'all for, like, staying with us, even though, again, we were running late. You know, you guys are the real MVPs. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Ampire Media, at ampiremedia.com, and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all of the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Um, and also want to thank Bram, Bram for being on the show. Want to thank Al for being on the show. Really appreciate them all. It's been real, man. appreciate doing the show with you this week, man. Me too. Like all, like all you Me too, man. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. You dig deuces. Amega. Get us out, big homie.